the partnership has been with the museum and their staff. Uh, I am reminded over and over again. I apologize for the tears. I'm not trying to ramp anything up. I just, I'm just overwhelmed, and I think it's half the Holy Spirit and half my own gut. As if we could bifurcate the two. Um, I'm just going to invite you with me. We do this, and we've done this for almost 10 years now. Would you join with me in praying that God opens the doors for a place where his children feel welcome? And it's not that the museum's not willing to work with us, but their first questions this morning are security. Our homeless friends' first question is security and their own sense of welcome. And I'm It's really, I'm, the truth is God absolutely loves our church. And he trusts you and you and you and you with a kind of love for the lost and the broken. Just like you and you and you. A humble love that recognizes that we all walk with a limp. I've seen you all live out that compassionate love, that overflow of God's love to the lost. And we know that as the last of economic relief for corporations has ended as of September, that October will bring and has brought a new round of layoffs. That Temporary workers are not able to get as much space and time that as depression and suicide and drug addiction and abuse have increased over this time period, more and more and more people end up on the streets and stuck. And there is no greater place for the lost than the church. You hear, you have family members that have been on and off the street. You know the journey. You hear, have been on and off addiction. You know the journey. You who have been sinners and have been set free, you know the journey. There is no greater place for the lost, for the poor and the lost than the church. And I, as a leader of this church, am not satisfied until we have a place where the lost are welcome. Where midweek we have a kitchen that's ready to serve them. Where there's a chapel overnight where those who are in need can sleep and find rest and rescue. Where on Saturdays we could partner with the San Antonio Food Bank or... Uh, with other Christian food donation places in town, and lines of people could come through and receive food. We're, the world is in desperate need, and I want to be there with them. 
I want to have a facility that can facilitate, can partner with those who are in need. Now, why am I all saying this? I have no idea except my heart's broken this morning, and I don't know what else to do but to share it with you. There may be that some of you, the economics, I mean, for some people, the economics have been fantastic during the season. Billionaires have, have gotten their increase tenfold over this season. It's crazy. If you're one of those people, go to giving.missionvineyard.org. Really, there may be some of you who have been holding out, keeping stuff in the stock market, and you know it belongs to God. That's not for me to tell you. That's for you to know. It's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. And it's time for us, church, for whatever capacity we're in, to let it go. To let it go and to partner with the lost. I'm just honored. We have a social worker here this morning from a local school who partners every day with the lost. Gets them food every day. We've got to partner with her getting grocery bags. We're going to provide even more. We're providing clothing as soon as we get sizes, Janie. We're doing everything we can. But I know God is setting us up right now. I don't know how he's going to do it, but I want you to join with me in prayer. I want you to join with me in financial partnership. I don't know what that means for you. This is not, God doesn't need your money. The church doesn't need your money. But this is the time. I don't know why else my heart would be broken like this. I feel like an absolute fool. But this is the time. God, I thank you so much for how much you love us and how much you love this church. And I just pray that as we dig into your word this morning that, um, that you would speak. You continue to speak by your Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, I love our Heavenly Father. Some of us have had great fathers. Some of us haven't. I love our Heavenly Father. Today, as we enter into a sermon series on the Lord's Prayer, we engage in a way where uh, Jesus' disciples, for the first time that we have in the record, they ask him to teach them something. <laughs> you think after three years, they would have asked, hey, how do you fish really well? He, but they never ask him. He always has to tell them. <laughs> Except for this one time, he said, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? Now, there were other ways to pray. The Jews already had other ways to pray. There were many lengthy ways written in the scrolls directing people to the temple for how to pray. So if they had any familiarity with that, they would have known how to pray. So why do they ask Jesus? Well, They must have seen something different. Different than what they saw in the temple. Different than what they saw in the Roman society and the, the Roman gods. They must have seen something different. And so Jesus does teach them how to pray. 
And today, I'm going to take just the first line, and then week after week after week, we have other friends in the church. Randall's here. He's going to take one week. Herschel will take the week. Katie will take a week. And we'll just continue through the prayer and engage these different lines that define the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, which I think is an invitation to abide in his kingdom. The scriptures, the chapters before this, name that Jesus is defining a different kind of existence. The Beatitudes begin the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is crowded with people and he says, Good news to the poor. Blessed are those who are poor for they will... Well, Siri is saying that I've got... Siri looked up the scripture for me. (laughs) Blessed are the poor for they will inherit the kingdom. And he goes on and on and on and on. And finally we come to Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. I'm going to go there first, and we'll get to the, a video in just a second. I want to show you just the intimacy of what God is talking about this morning. Matthew 6, 5. Jesus says, when you pray, and I love this because prayer is a mystery to me. Raise your hand. Is prayer a mystery to you? Prayer is a mystery to me. So Jesus gives some simple, beautiful instructions. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. I love that Jesus doesn't like hypocrites, don't you? Hypocrites are just those other people. I'm never a hypocrite. <laughs> Don't be like those hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you. Pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble. Don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. And these are the Romans. This is the plethora of gods. And if you're not a Jew at the time, all you're doing is praying, trying to appease some deity that may control the wind or the rain. And so they would babble on, trying to figure out who's in control of this part of my life. Don't be like them. Those deities are not like your father. Your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this. Our Father. How many times have we seen the word Father right now? Our Father in heaven. May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today the food we need. Forgive our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. Don't let us yield to temptation. Rescue us from the evil one. Our Father, our Father, our Father. Our Father. Facebook friends, you in the audience today, kids, I really want your help this morning. What's your greatest image of a good father? 
some qualities of a good father. You in the audience, go ahead. You don't have to raise your hand. Just yell. Yeah. Okay. Great. My my daughter pointed my my daughter pointed me out as a positive role model. That's great. Wisdom, awesome. Thanks, Randall. What else? Disciplined. Good. Commitment. Love. Oh, that's a great one. Forgiving. Friendship. Oh, it's so good. Protector. Listener. Patient. Provider. Kindful. I love that word. That's the best word I think I've heard all morning. Kindful. On the internet here, we've got patience, love, reliability. As good as all of these qualities are, they don't even get close to who our Heavenly Father is. Not close. What an amazing gift that Jesus comes in the flesh and shows us a little bit who the Father is by who he is. Now, some of you people, you may not be the best representatives of your parents. (laughs) Some of you are even better representatives of humanity than your parents ever could be. But here, Jesus becomes a representative of what a child looks to the best father in the universe. Gives us the Sermon on the Mount and teaches us how to pray. Recognizing that the Heavenly Father gives us something completely different to live on. Now this intimacy, I was trying to see this picture of intimacy all week and I feel like God gave me this video. I don't know if you guys have heard of this challenge where parents lay on their children's laps and interrupt their TV watching. I want you to see some of these clips. Carol, would you begin to... You'd you'd imagine that it would be the other way around, that the parents would be, of course, very welcoming to the kids. But how stinking cute is this? That kids are just interrupting themselves and just... You wonder why Jesus wanted to teach his disciples to pray, Our Father... This picture that we have is so different. It's so different than anything else in the universe. Not in Islam, not in Hinduism, not in Buddhism, not in Judaism. Do we have this picture of intimacy? Now, God has always called himself Father. In fact, to the Israelites, he said, go and tell Pharaoh... That my firstborn children, the Israelites, should be set free. He counts himself as father. But this intimacy, 
that Jesus leans into, later saying the words Abba to describe the relationship. Daddy is the beginning of God's invitation into his kingdom. This is the beginning of God's invitation into his kingdom. Our Father. Now, not all of you have kids. That's not the point. Each one of you knows what it means that a parent would lean in with this intimacy. Maybe you haven't had it, but God is offering it to you today. And it is the invitation of how we abide in God's kingdom. Facebook, I'm going to ask you one more question. Crowd here, I've got a question for you. The disciples asked Jesus how to pray. It was a critical moment for them. They wanted to be a part of God's kingdom. They wanted to do what he was doing. They wanted to be a part of it. If you had this kind of intimacy with a heavenly father. Now, heavenly father is not father far away. For God, for Jesus, for the disciples, the invitation to heavenly father was like, have you ever been camping? Raise your hand if you've been camping. You know, have you ever had like dew form on the outside of the tent and you just touch the outer lining of the tent and water will go down your finger? This is what Jesus means when he says heaven. He doesn't mean far away. He means just like this, like on the other side of your skin, present to you. If our Father in heaven so close, so able, so there. If he was there to you, the disciples are saying, teach us how to pray. What would you ask Jesus to teach you? Here, raise your hand, just go for it. If you had that much closeness to God, if Jesus could teach you anything, if God could teach you anything, your heavenly father, that intimate, could teach you anything, what would you want to learn? How to love. Oh, that's so good, Isabel. What else? Yeah. Control your anger. Oh, me too. Oh, my gosh. Raise your hand if that's your answer too. Absolutely. We were on a walk last night, and this one neighbor that we always see on our walk, that's his one prayer all the time. Hey, I've got a temper. Would you pray that my temper goes down? Yes, sir. Praying for you. What else? How to make more friends. Oh, God totally knows how to do that. Oh, what a great lesson. That's great. Internet, what do you think? What would you want Jesus to teach you? How to listen, Angela says. What else? How to obey. Oh, how to obey. Oh, that's so good. I'm not good at that either. I need to do that better. What else? Oh, how to trust him. Can you imagine being a disciple? You go to Jesus. Jesus, would you teach me how to trust you more? There were a couple of people that did that. Yeah, go ahead. How to wake up early for school. Yes. Oh, this is like, 
this, we are naturally supernatural right now. How to wake up early for school. How to, how to sleep in late. I want that one too. How to, how to sleep in late. How to never go to school again. How to be a better parent we have on the feed as well. How to use test. There's so much that we have to learn. This is fantastic. Our Father in heaven, this invitation to abide with him means that we can ask him anything. I have to tell you, um, this season of COVID and political stuff and racial issues has not been fun for me as a pastor at all. I love you all so much, I don't want to offend you at all. And some part of me, I just want to offend you so badly. I just want to get in an argument with you. And the Lord says, John, calm down. No, it's, it's so easy to isolate when we run into anxiety. To, I'm just telling you, for me, when I sense the tension and the fear to turn you away or to offend you, I just run inside. And instead of going to my heavenly Father who's so loving, instead of seeing an awkward Facebook post or an awkward news event and going to my heavenly Father and, and, and saying, God, would you teach me how to respond? My heavenly Father, certainly you know. I often go inside, and it just destroys me. I isolate. Our Heavenly Father, God as Heavenly Father, this invitation to abide in God's kingdom changes everything. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, the writer tells us, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. All I can imagine is like a fresh piece of sourdough with butter on it. How great the Father's love for us that he's lavished on us. Maybe some honey too. Oh, it's so good. How great the love of the Father that we should be called children of God. That's right, Raina. She gave me an amen. Thank you, Raina. And that is what we are. That is what we are. It affects everything we do. It affects how we pray. You may have grown up with a, with a father in your life. You may have grown up orphans. You may have grown up with a bad father, a bad earthly father. And if that's true, it's possible that the kingdom of God, as God describes himself as father, may look really dangerous to you may look really distrusting to you. Praying, the knee-jerk reaction to prayer, might the inner feelings, you may feel like that's immediately depleting. Why would you run to prayer if God is a heavenly father that's abused you? I wouldn't want to have anything to do with it. I'd want to run away. Everything has to do with that trust That's built by our parents. But God gives us this gift of a new inheritance. A new adoption of Heavenly Father. A new gift. So that the image of trust can be remade. The image of love. All those things. Friendship. 
provider. All the things that are good qualities of a father, all of those can be redeemed and remade by this offering of God being father. But there's something more. Our prayer lives, our expectations for what life can look like here and now change. If all you've got is a political leader and another political leader fighting with one another in the most childish kindergartner ways like we've seen. Not childlike, childish. If all you've got is that, oh, I feel so sorry for you. Let me invite you to a kingdom and a rule and right reign that is here and now and dynamic and offered to us in the form of good father. Good father, heavenly father. And if that's true, let me tell you what you can live in right now. In the midst of a tumultuous season of politically, in the midst of a tumultuous season with pandemic and racial issues, what our father invites us to Praying in that way, beginning the prayer, inviting us to abide in the kingdom. What it does for us is it shows us that he's loving and his kingdom is loving. That when we pray, we enter first into a good harbor. When we pray, we enter first into something that's life-giving, not life-depleting. And if that's true, I want so badly to abide in it. Don't you need a good father these days? Raise your hand if you need a heavenly father that will give you a place, a safe place to abide. A kingdom that's not like the United States. Some people want to go to Canada. I want our heavenly father. Dallas Willard is one of my favorite authors and he's a fantastic author in writing about the Sermon on the Mount and even this prayer, he says, Now Jesus himself was and is joyous. A joyous, creative person. He does not allow us to continue thinking of our Father who fills and overflows space as a morose and miserable monarch, a frustrated and petty parent, or a policeman on the prowl. Jesus doesn't allow us to see our Father like that. One cannot think of God in such a way while con con confronting Jesus' declaration that he has seen me and I have seen the Father. One of the most outstanding features of Jesus' personality was precisely an abundance of joy. Lord, we need this we, we know that you offer it to us in your kingdom. We know that you want us to abide with you in a season that's so tumultuous. God, we know that the picture you have, the relationship you want for us is one where we get to live out in joy. God, that each one of us, no matter what's going on in the world, would be able to live out of an overflow of the joy that you give to us as heavenly Father. Thank you for the gift that you give us as heavenly Father. There have been some people praying for you this morning. 
And I want to make sure that we're addressing those things. But I want to go into a time of ministry right now because I know that there are some of you that need this image remade. There are some of you that need this invitation to abide with God, to become so real that all your anxiety fades away to joy. I want us all as a church to be able to go out to the world, to be able to have this picture of our Heavenly Father as the rooted foundation of our lives. No matter where we're coming from, no matter what's going on. The team this morning as they were praying for you, Someone with gallbladder issues. Someone else, bear, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, a scripture from Galatians 6. Another word, come and be refreshed. Fear not, I am with you always. On the feed right now, I'm going to ask that we put up this uh, Zoom link so that those rooms that Katie was talking about earlier could be... Uh, Realized, but if you're here this morning and the relationship with God that you have doesn't do what Jesus is inviting us to do, I want you to come forward this morning and just begin to line up because our image of God needs to be remade so that we can abide in his kingdom, not run away fearfully, not live in anxiety. God is offering us the opportunity to abide in his kingdom. And the first invitation of this prayer is our Father, to see him as he wants to be seen, as he is our Father. So for those who don't have a relationship with this, our Father, would you come forward this morning? Would you go into the Zoom room? If you need ministry, if your picture of God needs to be redeemed, if if it's been broken over the years, maybe it was an abusive church, maybe it was an abusive parent, maybe it was, it was just something that went wrong one day when you were trying to pray or something that went wrong in your life that wounded you and you need your, your picture of our Father redeemed, would you come forward this morning? Just line up, be distant, be safe, however you feel comfortable, come forward. There are some of you that need to accept God's kingdom as loving, to trust this prayer, our Father, as an invitation into his kingdom and to abide there. To experience his way of life, his way of love. That's what I want for us. Would you stand with me this morning? Begin to come forward if you need prayer this morning. If you're online and you're watching, if you need prayer, please begin to click on that Zoom room. And there's a prayer that I would love for all of us to pray together. Besides our Father, we've already noted that this morning, but it's a prayer of repentance. If we could have that up on the screen. A reset into trusting. A reset into abiding. And maybe for the first time, if this is your first time, God bless you. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you get to pray with us. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. Let's just lay it down. Let's just let it go. All of it. Anything you've ever done, anything that's ever been done to you. Would you pray with me? Please forgive me. 
I now turn from everything I know is wrong. Thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift. Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, you may think, who knows who's online? Maybe you needed to pray this prayer this morning. But we keep on introducing this prayer, not just for you, but so that you know it for those of your neighbors and coworkers who you know need to pray this prayer. Who you know need a Heavenly Father and they don't have one. To be able to abide in His kingdom. Let me bless you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That you would go out abiding in God's kingdom by the invitation of our Heavenly Father. Be filled with the Holy Spirit into his movement, his goodness, and his love. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.